Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. President George Herbert Walker Bush died Friday night. He was 94 years old. No ex-president in history lived as long as he did. What was the key to his longevity? Courage and toughness, most likely. Bush, a Navy pilot during World War II, was jumping out of planes well into his late 80s. But maybe it was humility, too. No president in modern history displayed as much. Just ask comedian Dana Carvey. We are going to make it because it's live from New York. It's Saturday night! In early December 1992, a month after Bill Clinton had whipped him in the general election, President Bush held a holiday party for his deflated staffers. They were in for a big surprise. A couple weeks earlier, the president had called Carvey, who had been imitating him for months on Saturday Night Live. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. And what did Bush do? He invited Carvey to the White House to surprise his staff by imitating him in person. Goofy warts and all. Carvey was startled. His impersonation of Bush, though never mean, was not particularly flattering. In Carvey's rendering, Bush was a little more weird, a little more out of control with his hands, a little more prone to inexplicable staccato phraseology. In the run-up to the first Iraq war, Carvey, as Bush, spoke from the Oval Office, waving his finger as if it was having a seizure all of its own. And none of us want war in that whole area out over there. Carvey, as Bush, went on. This wouldn't be like Vietnam either, he promised. Other countries were chipping in. Not all, that's right, not all sending troops, sure, but giving what they are able, doing that given thing they do. From Belgium, nylon helmet covers. From New Zealand, socks. Harvey accepted Bush's invitation to the White House, though not before airing out his conscience. In his diary, Bush wrote that Carvey told me I've tried not to cross the line of fairness. I told him I didn't think he had. In the East Room that day, with hundreds of staff members packed in, Hail to the Chief began playing. And out strolled Carvey to laughter, hollering, and pure delight. He took the podium waving and gyrating his hands. The real Bush walked in a few seconds later, but stood out in the crowd. Carvey, as Bush, started in with some bushes. <laughs> First thing I notice is podiums for the other guy over there. Then he broke out of character and laughter. He said he felt very, very strange. I actually, I was staying in the Lincoln bedroom last night and I couldn't resist getting on the phone and I called up the Secret Service as the president. Feel like going jogging tonight. In the nude. Hilarious stuff. Then Carvey let everyone in on how he played Bush 
so well. The way to do the president is to start out with Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> then you add a little John Wayne. Here we go. Let's go over the ridge. You put them together. You got George Herbert Walker Bush. That's the thing there. The crowd cheered and applauded, including Bush. And after a few minutes, Carvey invited him to reclaim his podium and his presidency. Bush was just coming out of his post-election malaise, a one-term president trying to put on a good face after a hard loss. But he was all smiles as he and wife Barbara approached Carvey. The fake Bush and the real Bush then had a good time waving their hands around together. Carvey and Bush went on to become good friends, talking frequently and trading letters, including when Carvey was having heart problems. Imagine that, a president becoming friends with the guy who skewered him for a living. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.